What's up everybody, I'm Alex at generalgeibel.com Welcome to the 21st episode of the Hard Dance Producer Network podcast My guest today is Hyrule War He is a Dutch French co DJ and producer He's part of Peacock Records And also 50% of Super Trash Bros A project which he's doing together with Sprinky As it turns out, it is one of the most entertaining episodes we had so far We had so much laughs As it happens already quite a few times We talked way too much We recorded more than two hours so this is gonna be a two-part episode once again so be happy about that in this first episode we're talking about his approach on making kick drums plugins synthesizers mix downs all that good shit so as it happens we started our conversation how's it going and all that shit i've been already recording we talked about the ongoing pandemic which doesn't seem to stop but it was kind of an interesting conversation anyway so i left it in so don't be surprised that we get right into that topic but it's not gonna take too long unfortunately in the post-production i realized we also had some dropouts uh during the conversation it was kind of fine but later on on the recording i've seen we had a couple of dropouts that's kind of what happens if you lock down the whole country and everybody's sitting at home and watching porn the bandwidth is just getting smaller but you know you still get the whole conversation so you're not missing out on anything i checked it all out so it's gonna be fine okay let's not talk too much it's it's getting out of control let's get right into the interview welcome hyrule war you're listening to the hard dance producer network the number one producer podcast for the harder styles Hosted by General Geibel. <laughs> and like back then, I was like, when it all started, I was like, yeah, for sure. Like in June, it's over. You know, everybody, are you crazy? It's not going to go yeah. on till June. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, I thought so as well. I thought yeah. it was like maybe for, for three months or so, and then yeah, we can yeah. go back to normal. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> and now we don't even know when it will end. It, it, it can go on for like another six months like this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely don't think that till next summer we are going to actually play anywhere. I'm pretty sure that it will definitely go on at least till May. That's my I'm prediction. I'm afraid you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's my prediction. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we maybe this summer we can see, uh, or the coming summer we can see the first festivals, but not in full effect. I don't see a uh, full on DEFCON happening uh, in 2021. Uh, no. I, no, I don't no. see it happening. Like I'm, with 60,000 people and shit. No, that's not I mean, going uh, uh, I don't know when you're airing this on YouTube, but. Um, uh, on the time of recording, they just uh, have uh, talks in Holland in the government that they are looking to make or to let let promoters host festivals for ten thousand people with uh, Corona measures, of course. But they are looking to maybe start festivals back up again. But they're just looking into it. No yeah. promises, nothing or whatsoever. Yeah. So. We're yeah. still a long way. <laughs> you know, th 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 those those whole restrictions are just a joke. You know, it's um, like it's just for them for 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 the for for the government to say like, yeah, we allow you to do parties, right? If you got a club for a thousand people and you can only let two hundred in, 
They can say, yeah, you're allowed to do parties, not as you've been used to, but it's not like we are not allowing it, you know, but you got to be a total idiot to do it because, uh, you know, it will be more expensive to open a club for 200 people than like leave it closed, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. it, it, it's, it's just such a weird situation, but same goes for the whole film industry or there are multiple industries really hit hard by this. I mean, uh, look at Hollywood, there are, are postponing their big movies like James yeah. Bond, uh, Marvel. I mean, we are not the only ones that get that are hit. Uh, even restaurants are getting hit really hard. I mean, I don't think for the government that there is any profit in this. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, no, it's, I it's agree not... that, that that's, that's a real thing and it's, it's a real thing going on. I'm not one of those conspiracy guys whatsoever, but man, it's, it's, it's so bad for many, uh, many uh, people events hollywood you name it but from what i see i don't know how the situation in holland is but from what i see here um everything is already up and running except of events and like events technically you could do that but it wouldn't make any sense with those restrictions no, which no, they got it, it's but, not just events it, it's uh um even theme parks are hit pretty hard. Uh, right, they're restaurants. Still closed. Now, restaurants like, are up and running again. They, they are up and running, but their capacity is greatly reduced because uh, they have... <laughs> I don't know. I've been eating out uh, <laughs> last last week and it was pretty packed in there. Oh, man. <laughs> that they have to uh, put t uh, tape on the floor for the areas uh, when with 1.5 meters between each table. So let's say if you're a small restaurant... Then you're pretty much fucked. Yeah, <laughs> because your 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 capacity is greatly reduced yeah. because of this this distance rule. They're, they're definitely here. Uh, it doesn't seem like that. I mean, like the waiter is wearing a mask, but the people don't wearing masks, and definitely it's packed, and everybody sits next to each other, and um, it that didn't feel. Maybe there are some restaurants, but like I've been to three restaurants in the past one and a half two months and there was no sign of like, they are damn lucky but i was in rotterdam and it was like two weeks ago and then yeah. they still so I'm, I'm sure they were hit and cinemas are hit as well i've, I've been to two movies uh, during this uh, this pandemic and um well i think i was with five other peoples in the in the in the area it was really quiet I almost felt bad for Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Tenet was an awesome movie, but <laughs> oh man, oh my God. it was so quiet. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what about what about prostitution in Holland? Is that back up and running again? I never tested it. No, I don't know, but I, I mean, <laughs> no. it's 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 not like that. I'm I'm like you know going to a whole no, no. house every day, but I I, 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 hear, I hear the news, and definitely in Germany, prostitution is up and running again. A friend of uh, mine been even joking. He was like, "Yeah, you know, like if we look like at our politicians, obviously, you know, they don't go to clubs, so they don't give a shit, but they damn sure go to hookers, so they need to bring <laughs> back the hookers back to work." You know. <laughs> uh, well, they they were hit at it at first, but now they have their separate measures, and I think they are uh, up and running again. Yeah. Yeah, here they even um, 
there were there was like some statement i read it somewhere like you know it was said like yeah you better pick positions where you're not like you know too close <laughs> you know <laughs> they're probably gonna create a catalog like you know which positions <laughs> you can do and which not <laughs> it's a fucking joke that whole thing <laughs> <laughs> oh man i i, I would have tried <laughs> no 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 anyway let's let's get to more serious stuff so because you know it's the art and producer podcast and not like the Ooh, not the covid podcast <laughs> not, not the covid like fuck them all podcast um tell us a little bit about you how did you get into the business how did you get to production and most of all how did you get into french core because that's what you're mostly known for <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so I started in, let's say, 2011 with uh, some friends at high school. And we were like, yeah, let's try to download as a pirate Fruity Loops, of course, and uh, see what we can come up with. And uh, my big examples were DJ Afrojack, DJ Chucky, and I like some David Guetta music. Yeah, all, all, all the big French code DJs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> i mean back then i didn't even know what french core was let's right. be honest <laughs> yeah. and um so i made some music as a dj uh, don't laugh at it ricky ramos <laughs> i said don't laugh <laughs> <laughs> Ramos. <laughs> yeah i mean because uh it was with the latin house music and uh you had uh, names like nicky romero fato gonzalez those were the big oh, yeah, house names yeah, yeah, yeah. so Ricky Ramos. I mean, of course. <laughs> no, no if, yeah. If, if if you describe it like that, yes. And on the first yes. hearing, it sounds pretty ridiculous. But with like how you mentioned it now, it makes total yeah. sense. If I think back of it, the music was ridiculous as well, which I made. <laughs> 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 so um, then my brother walked to me and he was like, "Dude, let's uh, go to a hardcore party." Okay. <laughs> I mean, I was uh, uh, like. 16 17 years old or something like that and uh, yeah so we went to this uh, this hardcore party it was uh, bloody sunday uh, hosted by noise kick and yeah i had loads of fun and then i went back to making house music again <laughs> i mean hardcore was fun but it's not my main music yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh then later he asked yeah uh, let's go uh, even a bit harder let's go to uh french core si vous plaît. okay Sure, we go. And yeah. we went to French Crucible Lab Part 2, also hosted by Noise Kick in Culemborg. And uh, yeah, I saw Marcus Dex, I saw Dr. Peacock, and um, Marcus Dex was my favorite that night, I remember, because I thought Peacock was too commercial. I'm, I'm that underground boy. Yeah. L look at me now with my super trash bus, but hey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, and I, I had a great night. And um, at some point I went to more French girl parties like Icon Dr. Peacock. And I went to uh, another party by Sydney, Nocturnal. And uh, in 2012, I was like, yeah, maybe I should experiment a little bit more and try to make this French girl sound. And I made uh, two tracks. And uh, there was this guy uh, named uh, Maximum Raver. Maybe you know him or you don't. Rings a bell, but... Yeah, he also has this alias called Sloper Jansen. That uh, rings even more a bell. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I sent it to him because I also liked his music. Uh, and uh, he was like, yeah, dude, you got to send this to Dr. Pico. And I was like, that commercial guy? Yeah. I... He I, I will give it a try. So I sent my music to him, the, those two experimental tracks I made. And he was like, dude, 
the your your technique behind it it sucks but your ideas are crazy man yeah we, we can work on your techniques so um these were the the foundation tracks for the tracks i will destroy you which i released on uh ggm by smurf and the other one was nowhere to run uh which we released on audiogenic so mm. th they actually became peacock collapse and i was like what i can see a future now so yeah. i changed my name to hyrule war and then we uh i and then i went off from there i french core only and now nowadays i experiment with with uh with up tempo a little bit as well but it's mostly french core music and from there on i still still am in contact with dr peacock as of today yeah. and I never ex never thought it would go to uh, to this by going in planes, going to foreign countries, playing yeah. on festivals like Defcon, Masters of Hardcore. Oh man! Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it, it's it's skyrocketed from there. So back at a time uh, when you had your first release, Audiogenic was a pretty big deal, right? Did you know yeah. that at that time that uh, it's like one of the hottest French core labels? Back then, when he proposed it, no, I had no idea. Had no I idea. really had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, to, to think of it, he even made it uh, possible to press it on vinyl as well. So, well. Th so this track was in, in one of his uh, EPs, which went uh, on vinyl. And that, of course, I did. I did have a understanding of. How, I was like, "What the heck, man!" Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I, I, I was surprised. I mean, did this house background really uh, help me that much? Yeah, yeah. Also, also, um, been pretty lucky that he even checked it out back then when you sent it in, right? Yeah, I, I started by adding him on Facebook, and then I uh, personally messaged him, and it was like, yeah, sure, just send a mail to info at Dr. Peacock, and I did. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> he really liked it. I got a message the next day, and it was yeah. It, it happened all so fast. And you said you started with the correct fruity loops, and you're still on FL fruity loops. No, right? no, no. Um, there, there once, and you know it. There once was this uh, uh, produce course, and um, uh, Kiran, uh, the guy who organized it, uh, he asked uh, both of us and uh, for the for this noise suppressor kickstart class. Yeah, but he said you have to uh, work in Ableton for this. So I had a few months left to learn Ableton, and since that point, I never switched back. Okay, I <laughs> so I, thought, I, I, I thought, still work in Ableton. Oh, I thought I thought you went back back then. That's that's where we met yeah, the first time. It, it, it's what it's what I said back then. But I was like, I should give it one proper chance to make yeah. one track in Ableton. I did, and I never got back again. <laughs> So how it's then I guess it was a good experience. The switch was a good experience. Otherwise, you would have yes, go back. I, yeah. The workflow in Ableton is, is way faster for me. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's whatever you prefer. My uh, my good buddy Sprinky still works with Fruity Loops. Yeah. And I showed him Ableton and was like, yeah, 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 this is better. This is better. This is better. <laughs> but I'm used to Fruity Loops, so fuck it. <laughs> sure, man. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, can you can you imagine like you know if those guys from back in the day been like yeah I'm still used to record everything on dot tape so I'm not gonna use any computers you know so <laughs> at some point you got to go. I, I'm the too time. young for this. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, um, what is like your favorite stuff that you're using to make music? Like, let's talk about synthesizers. What 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 are you like? to use 
Uh, well, with synthesizers, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm a little bit lazy. I uh, work with Silent and Serum, which I uh, both actually bought. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. I, uh, yeah, I actually bought them. So, yeah, I, it, for synthesizers, I use uh, Silent and Serum uh, a lot, but I mainly brought presets and work with it from there. I'm, I'm not the type of guy that actually uh, design very, very own synths in uh, Serum and Silent. Yeah, and I also use a lot of contact banks. Yeah, they they give uh, wonderful cinematic sounds. So okay. for for the actual leads and and screeches, yes, I pick silent uh, serum, take some uh, presets and tweak them a little bit. And for the cinematic parts, I take contact five and usually uh, Morphestra and Cinemorphs. Maybe you know it. No, no, I don't don't know that one. No. For, for wonderful strings. Uh, uh, some keys as well. They have wonderful sounds in, in Morphestra and Cinemorphs. And That's atmospheric kind of sounds libraries. as well. Contact yeah, and, and yeah. it's a huge library. Oh, it's yeah. really huge. Yeah, nice. I got to check it out. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate that you're saying that because a lot of producers, like really a lot, also the top of the top guys are actually working with... Um, presets and tweak them and make them work um like not not really many make like all the sounds from scratch and stuff but you know if a lot of people are full of shit you know if you're at a festival backstage talk to somebody yeah yeah, yeah make everything from scratch and shit but no it's uh it's it's you know it's like this thing that um it's a cool thing to say, like people saying, I don't know anything about music theory, you know, some somebody like had piano lessons and he, since he was six years old. But if he's been asked, he's like, no, no, I don't know. No, no, I just play by ear. So I, I, I never had any lessons. It's a cool thing yeah. to say because you sell yourself as a big talent. You know, that's why it's also now our scene cool to say, like, ah, I make everything from scratch and stuff, even though in a lot of cases it's not true so yeah you, you can really pick them out i mean if if i would say yeah, yeah i make everything from from scratch and you would ask like yeah yeah how would you make a kick drum yeah i take a sign and then i could do the, the envelope thingy like go like this uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a fun thing when you talk to people who are ghost produced but who pretend to oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who also <laughs> post like uh the videos on instagram like yeah making kicks you know open up some filter bank plugin and the, then like, you the, talk the somewhere. most fun the most fun people are like yeah yeah i make my music themselves and then you open up the the, the masters of hardcore uh the album which they, they they always give away at those parties and you look them up and then you always see like the, the dj name with the actual producer name and you see a totally different name i know you're not called that but guy ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean how are you even hiding it when i can still read your uh, different names somewhere yeah. else I mean, also, on. also also on spotify in the credits you know you can right click a song and then you can show the credits and then also sometimes it's like yeah a yeah. chick has like two guys in the credits like written and yeah. like. <laughs> I mean yeah yeah continue your echo do it yeah, yeah, do yeah. it <laughs> yeah but it's also fun to call them out it's like yeah I've seen like your video on Instagram you had like the filter bank uh, tell me exactly like do you like the 24 uh, the 24 dB filters or the eight, 18 dB filters for the kick ah I just uh, twist some knobs and it sounds good man uh, <laughs> 
fucking classic. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then, then it's always, no, actually, I got a friend. He helps me with that. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, no, also a good one. <laughs> yeah, also a really good one. No, kicks is not my thing. It's a friend. He helps me. Okay, but you ha have that screech. Oh, I got to go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so, that, that, those are great things. Yeah. But when we talk about kicks, what's your approach? Because um, I... You know, there's there's not much out there on like you know how to make French court kicks and stuff. And um... no, no, there, there's not. Um, well, I work a lot with uh, different kinds of samples. I uh, usually take some uh, really classic vengeance samples. Yeah. And and usually those dubstep kick drums have a really great punch to it, and uh, even dubstep uh, bass layers, which I can perfectly use for uh, French court tilts. Yeah, and um, you you can keep your punch really clean in that part, and you can give so much bass to those clean kick drums. It's it's insane. I usually take uh, a minimal amount of layers, but yeah, it mostly consists of layers uh, of yeah. clean samples. Yeah, and sometimes uh, I take presets in contact uh, hardcore uh, uh, hardcore kicks. I think that's called. It's, mm -hmm. it's really simple or serum uh, kick drums uh, like yeah. the Never Surrender presets are also pretty good to work with. But mostly uh, I use samples. Yeah. Just just uh, house samples, dubstep samples uh, for kick drums. Yeah, that, that's uh, always what I heard. And that was always like what I was doing. But, you know, like I, I talked to a lot of guys and like, you know, I also don't know, like, you know, if some of them are full of shit in the way they kind of tell, pretend that they're doing it. But that's what I always heard in French court kicks. It's like a clean, clubby kick and an offbeat yeah. bass, you know. And but but it works. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes uh, I actually, uh, when I go to the more, more up tempo like side, I usually take uh, raw style sample packs and layer those uh, punches below it. I yeah. actually use some of your sample packs, carbon raw style, for example. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. That, those are kind of the Dutch up tempo, uh, the Dutch French core kicks. I know, like you know, the French guys call them Dutch French core kicks, which got the up tempo talks on on top. Yeah, but but, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, but but it, but it's like you know, um, when I talk to other people, they are like, yeah, those are Dutch French core kicks because like you know, you never hear like a French guy doing kicks like that. It's only Dutch DJs oh, doing uh, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but that's also because I think uh, in in movements actually growing pretty hard uh let, let's be honest as a french core dj it's it's hard to find your way around i mean there is sefa which is really popular and peacock is really popular in french core but yeah some people don't even call sefa french core anymore yeah because it's more more or less hard style and then you also have bilex which is really big in holland but he's a, he's a french guy of course but he is really big in holland but those are the main three uh big french core names in holland so uh, what you can see now is that most of those uh, newer French core guys or the smaller guys like like me, uh, even Mr. Ivex, and uh, by some degree even Sprinky nowadays, we actually use up tempo more a little bit uh, in between to to go with this flow yeah. to 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 stay relevant. I mean, yeah. guys like Peacock or Bellex don't need to do this, but yeah. we do to to somewhat stay relevant. And then yeah, I mean, of course they call it the Dutch. French core kick. It has nothing to do with French core anymore, but <laughs> yeah, actually, it's, it's, yeah, it's all, what we do to stay relevant actually, in a way. Yeah, all, all, all the three names you mentioned, 
I don't remember any like classical French chord track of them in the past years, which they released. Dr. Peacock had one, It's a Dream, which had a, a real like French chord kick. Mm -hmm. um, but Billix, I don't remember any track which has like the classic French chord kick, you know? Yeah, his uh, Tondava remix had one. Could be, yeah, uh, maybe I missed on that one, but um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because they are very much associated with their genre, but it's already kind of a hybrid from what I hear. Yeah. It's, it's not actual, yeah. um, like what you would call like classic French chords. Yeah, I mean, I actually have some some uh, said some guys actually messaging me like, yeah, why are you switching to up-tempo? I mean, no, I'm not, never said I fully go on up-tempo. But mm -hmm. I also think it's it's a, it's a way to to keep your your set interesting. I mean, I cannot go uh, and play a set with full on radium Masui French chord. I mean, it, it, not to to shut them down or whatsoever. But I think if I would just play sixty minutes straight with the same French chord kick, I would get bored myself. But that's a matter of taste. I yeah. mean, their their kick is is clean as as, as hell. It, it it perfectly works. And one track for me is totally fine, but I cannot fill 60 minutes and still keep it interesting. Yeah. So that's also why I switch with different kinds of kicks, even uh, more industrial-like French chord kicks, or yeah, sometimes just full-on up-tempo, like my track Good Cops, Bad Cops, which was full-on up-tempo, or yeah. Legends Never Die. But yeah, I still make French chord. Yeah, like on your uh, last album, you had a big variety of different kick and awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's, as far as I remember, it's been a while when I listened to it, but um, it was pretty, there there, there there been a lot of industrial influences in there. Is, is that right? Do I remember it right with the industrial? Yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah right? There, there, there was. I, I experimented a lot with uh, very weird uh, kick drums with a, with a, a movement with a small punch a small dry punch and a very long tail yeah. so it wasn't like this it was more like yeah and those kind of kick drums uh without any sounds on top of it and then uh only this 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 empty kick drum powerful but empty kick drum and then build it with multiple layers with up tempo layers and then uh euphoric layers but I always started with this industrial single kick drum. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> yeah, I always had the feeling like, of course, like industrial also evolved in a very fast pace. It's changed so fast. But I always had a feeling, you know, you take a French core kick, which is like, you know, kick and tail. Mm -hmm. you just shift the tail from the eighth to the sixteenth before you got immediately an industrial kick, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's somewhat what I tried. And I still yeah. think it, it, it's it's more French core and the whole construction of the track yeah. was still uh French core, like even though I took the construction a little bit more of uh mainstream hardcore. Yeah. Like with with the more filled build up, dry drops, and then build up again with the kick. Yeah. And that that's a bit of the structure I went for. Yeah. And I'm I'm still continuing and uh, tweaking this this, this build-up. I'm, I'm still working this in this structure. Yeah, yeah. I think build-ups are also very important because. Um... Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's still a way to tell a story, and I I don't know if it's if it's the perfect formula. I mean, if I look at my popularity compared to others, I, I think it's debatable. But I like what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's always like you know some if if you miss a build up, 
uh, or like you you haven't done the build up properly the drop doesn't hit as hard you know yeah if you build it like really up and then even if you just drop a kick without anything else and maybe even the kick is not like as distorted and as big it might be like an old school french core kick it will still sound fucking massive because you built this tension before it really comes exactly. in you know? exactly and then they will like to kick no matter what you can you can make this this perfect kick drum but if your build-up isn't great yeah. good luck with your kick drum yeah there's this you never have this feeling of there's this some, track <laughs> There's this track um, from Billix and Dr. Peacock, uh, Ecstasy, or it's called yeah. Ecstasy. Yeah, it's called of, Ecstasy. Yeah, that's that's the one. Like you know, I mean, like you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but you know, just sonically, the kick is not like really exciting. You know, it's just like a very over compressed up tempo, uh, old school type of kick. But man, like with this whole atmosphere and the build-up and then like it's called ecstasy and it's just boom 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 you know it's it's so awesome yeah i mean that, that that's where they're they are great at and yeah i think uh peacock and billax as well they, they are so good in building this this mysterious atmosphere it's not even a commercial sound they they somehow know how to create something that that triggers some some mysterious yeah. vibe which wants to make you keep listening to it yeah, and, yeah. And, and they are really unique for that yeah especially this track i was like i was so impressed back then when i heard it i heard it the first time on a party and i was like well i gotta get it so next time i uh, next day i bought it and i listened to it in the studio i was like the fuck the kick is a pile of shit you know <laughs> but um like it's just amazing how well it works like that's just goes to prove that you know if you've done everything right you know, if you like, let, let's put it that way. If um, we would make a call up and you say like, hey, Alex, I got a cool kick. Check it out. I would listen to it. I would have trouble to find the right words without offending you and saying like, no, I, I would never use that kick. But in the context of that song, this kick is fucking awesome, you know? <laughs> so exactly. uh, that goes like really to, uh, to show that uh, just a kick by itself sometimes doesn't say anything just everything yeah. that happens before makes the kick great which follows afterwards yeah I, i've had it as well with sometimes uh young producers start to send me just just kick drums and i'm like yeah, yeah this can be interesting i don't know yeah, yeah. yeah. and i like but don't you think it's a hard kick yeah the kick it's hard but you need to tell your story as well <laughs> that's right <laughs> it's um uh, like also uh, the, the the radium kicks, you know, the famous radium kicks, which, you know, people sampling since 20 years. Uh, uh, once I tried to kind of uh, recreate something like that, so I cut out his kick and uh, used it as a reference. And I just listened to it in solo because I found a clean cut and I was like, yeah, actually, I mean, it's still fucking massive and everything, but it doesn't feel that fast as a feels on the track it's all that other shit he's putting on top like and his tracks are super minimal but yeah, even even are. like those fucking claps on a little bit of hi-hats like really adds a lot of like feel to the whole groove yeah but the, the thing is that radium is actually a master when it comes to the perfect mix down and mastering this guy is my god mm. he, he's he really is good at it and his minimal sounds, even his synths are so minimal. Everything works. And, and yeah. that's so crazy. I, I mean, 
really, really stupid thing. Uh, I'm sure you know F Noise's track Cold as Ice, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe you've heard my refix of it with this this French core kick. I believe yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the thing was, F Noise actually approached me and he was like, dude, uh, we work together with uh, with Legends Never Die. Can you make a, a typical French core style refix of Cold as Ice? Just, just a remix we released for free. And I was like, dude, sure. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he wants this typical French core sound. Let's take a, a, a radium kick. To be honest, I really just sampled this punch. Then I took a sample pack uh, uh, till, put it uh, together. I was like, ah, it works. Yeah. This track was played during the power hour. <laughs> I can make a full album with original kicks, try something entirely yeah. new. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> and, then, and then you take this f track, steal a radio kick, yeah. power hour. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess, uh, like, you know, this approach, like you told, um, I came with the same approach also with a vengeance club kick, like vengeance, essential club sounds three, some club kick. Yeah, or essential and, dubstep for sure. Yeah, no, I, I only have the club sounds. I bought okay. it like so many years ago. And um, also, I believe some bass from that same pack, like they got a bass, bass one shots. And I came very close to a radium kick, very, very close. And I wouldn't be surprised if he used it. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Now that's the thing. A couple of years ago, I played with him in Russia, and we had to take uh, together the train back from the hotel to the airport. And um, yeah, we've been sitting, we've been check chatting, you know. And I started, of course, picking his brain. Dude, how do you make your kicks? Come on. And he's always like, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, samples. Samples, yes, samples. <laughs> <laughs> so, How did you get it so loud? Oh man, I don't know anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's that, that's exactly radio, you know. And I was like, dude, I got really close, like with a vengeance, clean kick, and some offbeat bass from there. And his look, like right away. I was like, okay, either I'm onto something, or maybe he's seen something else in the window. I don't know, but <laughs> you never know with him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, 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 the look really made me feel like, yeah, okay, <laughs> might be, might be. <laughs> Radium is like one of those guys you 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 never seem to find out what's going on in his mind. <laughs> I mean, his musical mind is brilliant, but other yeah. than that, I still can't get a. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, like, dude, your snare, like, you, uh, he got like the same clap and snare pretty much everywhere. And it's so awesome. Yeah. Like, it was like your clap and your snare. Like, uh, what is it? A 909? Yeah. I don't remember. Probably it was a 909 somewhere at some point. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good guy for sure. <laughs> But I'm still surprised by his his way of producing. I mean, it is unique for sure. I mean, he, when you hear a, a new track, you can always find out. Yep, that's radium. Yeah, yeah. Even even if you hear it somewhere on a like mix on SoundCloud or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this is this is also uh, a gift which um, not everybody got. You know, you can give him his kick. You can give him a clap, hi hats, and maybe a snare. And he will make it. He will make a five-minute track, which is be gonna be fun, you know. Which yeah, yeah. You're gonna feel. Um, I I got always like a, you know, much respect for people like that. It's like you know those people also in techno and stuff, 
there's not much going on, you know, just a little bit of drums and a couple of sounds. And to make that work and interesting, that's an art form, in my opinion. So yeah, I definitely sure can't is. do that. I always uh, need to throw in shit lots of leads and everything. Because yeah, same here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think Radian is even at that level. I can give you his clap. I can give you his kick drum. I can give you his snare. But you can never make this track that yeah. Radium can do. It's not not gonna it's sound insane. the same. That's right. No, yeah. no, no. For sure. E even the mix down won't be the same. Even yeah. if you. Even if I would give you the processed kick, the processed clap, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it's crazy. I I would I would I would really agree on that because there is something on how he um, levels everything. Because yeah, it's it's nothing special. Kick plays every every downbeat, clap plays yeah, every yeah. second downbeat, and the hi hat somewhere in between. But somehow it uh, it, it it's yeah. a different feel. And yeah, and, and you're one hell of a producer for sure, but. <laughs> <laughs> Radium is on his own level. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not better. It's not worse. It's his own level. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think he he would be also a really good um, minimal or techno producer. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think I think his his French core is 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 the minimal version of French core. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are like a couple of guys who make more the EDM version of French core, you know. He is definitely the, the minimal or techno version of French core. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's talk about production a little bit more. Um, yeah. How much do you use the Ableton internal shit? Uh, actually, I uh, use a lot of the Ableton internal things. And uh, I have, thanks to you, uh, utility on every channel. Yeah. I, I saved this as a preset that when yeah. I open up a new audio track or MIDI track, there's always a utility with minus 12 dB. That yeah. was your tip from back then. <laughs> right. I, I still use that. And uh, I always uh, end my chain with a, uh, Ableton's very own saturator. Yeah, uh, it's a really good one. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a perfect one. If I want to, to have a sound uh, more loud in a mix, then I always use the saturator to give it more volume. No. That's always what I use, but not the 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 regular equalizer or, or whatsoever. That's oh, always really? where I use ProQ. Or... Okay, yeah, I only use the internal. I mean, unless like I want something that has some extra sound, but it's just so easy, you know. You don't need to open an extra window and. Yeah, and the the best thing about the the Ableton's very own plugins is that they don't use any CPU. Yeah. And they're stable as fuck. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> if you if you work mostly with them, you will never have a crash. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um when you uh like when you made your kick and you got your one shot, um do you arrange it like do you toss the audio file on the audio track or do you use a sampler or like what's your um, approach to like make the kick patterns? Sometimes I, when I have a small amount, of, oh no, let's be honest. Usually, when I have all these samples uh, together, I have like my my kick track can actually consist of like uh, even about ten audio tracks mm -hmm. because I have a, a kick drum with like three or four layers. But I also like to change a lot with my kick drums. Then switch yeah. a different layer or add a different layer, and then I always have my different layers going like from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a difficult way to work with. I know. Yeah, I can. I can imagine. It must be pain in the ass. If you the make some mistake, you got to redo everything. And yes, yeah. but 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 I like to work with different um, uh, kick versions. So I like to 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 add variety. And uh, so you have 
uh, eight kick drums and then suddenly four different ones and then four of the first one. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it. And then there's always this, this final track is always the FX channel. And uh, I use my FX kicks uh, for, for that part. What, what do you do there? Like some filter uh, stuff? Or? Yeah, yeah, I use the, uh, the the regular Ableton Auto filter. Then uh, I have this uh, universal audio drive uh, raw distortion, maybe, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one yeah. is so... Oh. And I, then, um, I used, did you ever use it on vocals? Yeah, then you can make these really screaming vocals. It's so this, good on vocals, actually. This distortion yeah. is so powerful, but it also works with FX kick drums. Nice. And, nice. and then I have this uh, high pass filter before, and then, uh, yeah, is it high pass? Yeah, and then low pass filter after the raw distortion. To take out the hissing high end. Yeah, or if I just want to make. Oh, ah, okay, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And for the screaming part, then I just have the, 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 the low pass completely filled and then giving a high resonance on the uh, the high pass before the call and then go like wow yeah pretty pretty awesome i like this yeah uh when you got like you know your 10 audio tracks with different layers and <laughs> with kick <laughs> with, with kicks and you uh i guess you switch them up maybe you take somewhere like a kick out for four bars you throw a different one in um how do you handle the level differences? Because probably like in this section, like this variation will be louder here, it will yeah, be lower. Yeah. Do you I, got like I, an overall limiter somewhere? Yes, yes. I, I group the, the whole kick uh, part is grouped in one channel. Uh, and then I usually have, of course, a saturator, a multiband uh, compressor also by uh, the universal audio drive. Maybe I, I don't know if I can show it, but it's. I have this, this Apollo twin thingy going on. Wait. Uh, this guy yeah, yeah, yeah. i had the same yeah, yeah. <laughs> long time so, ago <laughs> so that that's why i have the, these uh, universal audio uh, plugins and this multiband compressor oxford inflator and then a saturator these three combined make sure that uh everything is pushed to the max yeah. but also in the same uh, level of volume yeah and then I guess if you work like that with kick with probably your claps and stuff, you also just toss the audio samples or there you use a sampler or something. Or Yeah, I, I use the audio samples. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I also have uh, uh, this inflator and the Pro-L and uh, Ozone on my master. Yeah. What's, what's your general approach when you come to drums? Do you... Uh, look for like let, let's say like the example like uh, if you need a clap do you look for the right clap or do you toss a clap and make it right uh, I usually look for the, the perfect clap and nowadays I actually uh, uh, you know you know Kov for sure the, the, the DJ and producer no <laughs> <laughs> So, so uh, the people anyway. who gonna gonna listen to it on the audio side, uh, they they miss some face expressions right now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, she released uh, a sample pack, but to be honest, that Korsakov uh, Korsakov uh, tracks in general actually sound really good. So they have this this these two perfectly clean claps in them and. I don't know why, but now I always pick one of those two claps. Okay. Yeah, if, if they, if they, if <laughs> they, they work. work, they work, right? Exactly. They sound a little bit like the, the radium clap, but more mainstream hardcore-like. Yeah. But they're really the, those high-pitched uh, 
perfect club for me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what's your kind of do you do you have like one general approach on how you kind of start a track like do you start with you know the drop do you start with a breakdown or uh, I usually start with finding a perfect sample uh, this can be a, a vocal or, or a melody from a video game or whatsoever and then I built the, the the right kick for it in the, in the in the perfect key so that that's how I know then I have this this perfect kick drum, uh, I have the team I want. Then I usually build the main drop. And from there, I, I build the, the build up, then the main break, then back to the intro. Yeah. And then I go back to the main drop and then finish the rest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it usually works in this order. So yeah. yeah, finding the team, build the kick, and then go all the way back to the intro and then make the rest. <laughs> right. Um, you you are actually when we're not having a pandemic like right now you are actually djing quite a lot and um from what i see in the past years the arrangements started to change a lot well you know usually like the tracks started maybe kind of small like with some rides and then led into a kick or started small but went pretty fast into kind of a kick part before you went into the breakdown nowadays it's like a very short mix intro and then there's a breakdown which is obviously way less fun to mix with you know but um, what's your take on that like are uh, you do you think it's a good thing this development or does it suck a little bit uh i think i actually like it and not as a as at producer uh, perspective, I mean, as a producer, it, it, it's actually a more cheap way of making music, I think, because uh, I, I also, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also to blame myself for this development a little bit as well. I mean, my, my tracks before were like four minutes, five minutes, sometimes even six minutes. And nowadays my tracks are around three minutes. And if you go to Super Trash Bros, it's even less. Yeah. <laughs> the record is 50 seconds. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, I, w when I listen to a set of myself uh, from, let's say, uh, last year or this year, there are actually there, there's a lot of music in one hour. I can mix around 25 to 30 tracks in one hour. But yeah. If I would go to my sets from 2014, I think it's between 15 and 20 tracks in one yes. hour. So yeah. it's also a way to, to uh, yes, the mixing itself may be a little bit uh, boring compared to back then, yeah. but your transitions are shorter and you have to do a lot more as a DJ because you're mixing in more tracks. You have to think faster, which track are you going to play and which are you not going to play? I even cut some of my tracks, uh, even those three minutes track to to cut off even 30 seconds yeah. and to, sh to shorten some breaks just yeah. to play more music and to yeah. keep my whole set more interesting. So in a way of producing, then it's it's a bad development. But in the DJ perspective, I think it's a better uh, development. Probably for the crowd, but I guess for you as a DJ, it's yeah. getting pretty mechanical because you, know, you mix in That's the track, true. then you got a breakdown build up and the next drop starts, you cue in the next one. 
maybe at eight bars yeah. do a little switch and then you bring in the next one and that's yeah, what you're yeah. gonna do for an hour so it's yeah, that, like... that, that, that's that's true that's a little bit mechanical but uh i pay a lot of attention to my crowd if i see a crowd with with uh with happy faces and they go wild then i'm going wild as well but mm. if i see a crowd and i can do the most technical set but if my crowd has yeah and they're gonna get some beer then i feel really awkward that that makes sense that makes sense yeah i i can't stand that so i take it that if you you know pay attention to the crowd and everything i take it that you don't uh have like a pre-planned laid out set you just go and then see what's going on and that way you select what you're gonna play uh well i actually sometimes i do prepare this set but i can uh i also let let's say if i would go to a thing like defcon i for sure want to prepare it because i don't want to make any stupid mistakes but uh i pick around 30 tracks with 20 i'm gonna play for sure and 10 i don't know about I I know them, but I'm not sure if we're gonna play them or not. And then I can I can switch on the go. I mean, yeah. sometimes they consist of more underground tracks if if you know the crowd can handle it. And sometimes they consist of those tracks you know that they're gonna shake up the crowd and let's and yeah. they're gonna work again. Yeah, that that's yeah. that's usually my general approach. I always have this folder on my USB for tracks to to wake up the crowd again. And they can be tracks like Peacock's Trip to Island, yeah. stuff like that. I mean. It's something everyone knows and yeah. you just need to play it sometimes to get their attention back again. Yeah, that's a, that's a very important skill. I mean, um, obviously that's what a DJ should do, but uh, I've seen a couple of younger guys, um, you know, in the more uh, popular genres like Raw Style, um, they go in, they got like the set laid out, like with the cue points where they know they punch in the next one and everything. Oh, so, oh I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... Um, then they play somewhere and the crowd really doesn't like it and they go through with it for like half an hour and then the promoter comes on stage and throws them off you know <laughs> yeah that, that, that's a painful thing no, no yeah. I, I i don't prepare those cues uh, at first yeah. uh, I, I never do that because i usually play my own tracks and yeah. i know that when i press the play button for a different track i know exactly where it's gonna end i mean i'm sure you have this as well yeah yeah and uh when i play tracks by other people then i'm just to make sure that I know these tracks just as good as I know my own tracks. Yeah, I just listen to them a lot, and then you memorize this track. But as for the, the DJs that are pushed away because of their preparation, then they don't know their crowd. Usually, they don't know how to DJ. They, um, oh. I guess, I guess this is kind of the younger generation right now. You know, they, you know, when we grew up. I don't know how it was in Holland, but when I here where I grew up, like the DJ was like usually some weird dude somewhere in the corner which you barely could see, and where you had like 15 girls standing there in the club next to him, and it's like, hey, can you play this? Can you play that? You know, so it wasn't like very respected here when I grew up, and um, therefore, you know, as a DJ, you had to DJ. Nowadays, I guess the kids growing up and like all those DJs are that, those guys which we, when I grew up, for me were like guitar players, so like frontmen from bands, you know, those been the rock stars. And I guess now the new generation growing up and they see like all the David Geddes and whatnot, like everybody's like, fuck yeah. Every, those are the rock stars from nowadays, not anymore True. like the guitar guitarists and, and stuff like that. And 
I guess a lot of the young kids approach DJing from that perspective, you know, like, let me get like, you know, the right haircut, let me get the right clothes uh, and like plan out my set. So it's like, you know, because, you know, when Metallica goes on stage, they got their set planned out. And when I go on stage as a DJ, I want to also plan out my set. And I guess that's that's uh, the, the issue why nowadays you see more and more of that stuff happening that uh, guys go really can't on the fly change what they want to play because they can't actually really play you know so they have to plan the whole thing out and just play it down the way they practice it at home yeah I, I, that, that, that's also a weird thing I mean what I usually tell my, my, my friends or even my girlfriend when I talk about DJing I mean the skill of DJing itself it's not different it's like learning to drive a car once you know it you will never forget it that everyone is- everyone can do it yeah, especially Everyone nowadays. Especially, especially nowadays. nowadays. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's, with all, it's the, not with all the visuals and everything, it comes. It, it, it's not a diff- difficult thing to do. Yeah. But I've, I think a good DJ just pays attention to the crowd. You, I mean, you play a track, even if it's a new track of your own, you always look with one eye up there just, just to make sure you know what's happening. Yeah. You have to see the crowd respond to that. And if you can play with, with that and play with the results you're seeing, I mean, that's what makes you... A good DJ. Yeah, and even I mean, if you play everyone, your own track, you should also find the right moment to play it. <laughs> exactly, you have yeah. you, you have to build up your set, and yeah, I mean, you, you always start up with 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 something to to wake up the crowd, and then you can go a little bit more underground. Yeah. And then you always play things to wake people up, and then you can go deeper, deeper, and then wake them up again. We we'll go deeper and deeper. Yeah. Play your underground the new shit when you go deeper and wake them up again. And that, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. I in my opinion, funny, <laughs> I had this thing. Uh, I had a couple of gigs and like you know, in those German, those big clubs. You know, they are very, very commercial. Ciao, no, that not, not 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 like that. You know, the regular like disco. You know, ah, which, yes. which uh, still exists. Like and. Um, there you got like a very commercial crowd and I, i'm talking like david getta commercial not like you know those, those are the people like oh, there have yes. been there have been a couple of parties uh that are played um uh, with steve and um of course like you know if like the headliner goes and he can play whatever he wants when i play i had like to figure out how to make it work and i made like a lot of uh bootlegs and mashups where I had like all those uh, top 40 tracks, but mixed into like the genre that I'm playing. So then I could like always play one of those bootlegs, you know, some Tokyo Drift from, you know, which everybody knows. Yeah. But but those are those wake up songs. Yes, yes. Yeah, and then just I could, wake up the people. And then I could play something they don't know, but which is cool. And then, you know, maybe I could pull off another one or I had to play another bootleg. And that's how I could always like deal with that crowd. You know? And that's how you survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, I, I picked shit, which I also like myself and like prepared the mashups in a way. But um, that was like very important because otherwise, like you would kill the dance floor because those yeah, people yeah. come to see the headliner and I want to go. Oh, unless yeah. You, unless you play their shit, which they play, which they hear all day long and they don't hear all day long any hard yep. stuff. They hear radio, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I, I learned to, to look at the crowd during the, the, the Ricky Ramos era. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to play at... Uh, at school parties i mean i was still in high school and i played at, at uh, the school parties from there and i also was a dj at the disco bowling and you're like what disco bowling i mean how can you learn to look at a crowd there but 
when you see people actually dancing a little bit before they throw their ball, then you yeah. can see that what you're doing is working. I mean, it's, yeah. it's one of the most difficult crowds to, to be a DJ for. Yeah, and it, yeah. If you can play for that crowd, then you can play for every other crowd. Yeah. So that, yeah. That, that's how I started to learn DJing and to learn to play and look at my crowd at the same time. Because I want to know that they're enjoying what I do. Yeah, I mean, with, 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 with the hard music, it's a little bit harder, of course, because uh, it's not like that uh, popular. But if you play like regular stuff, uh, it's also a good sign to look at the people who work in the club, you know, look at the bar or look at the securities. If yeah. they seem to have a good time, you're definitely doing a good job, you know, because then you <laughs> yeah, definitely then you know, won't be booked again. <laughs> yeah, because they, they are there all night, every weekend. They hate their fucking job. They hate their life. And if you play something that they have a good time, then you know, like, yeah, you're on the that, right that track. Good. Then exactly. <laughs> if, if you get them, then you definitely get the people on the floor, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I usually try to have have a look at what the girls like and even in yeah. hardcore if you can get the girls to the dance floor then the guys will automatically follow always, don't always. follow or don't focus on the guys because yeah. the guys are never the first ones to enter the dance floor yeah 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 all yeah. the, the the rule number one yes they but play music luck, for guys you will have only parties. guys yeah hardcore parties are mainly sausage parties yeah big time the faster and the harder the music get the more the more sausage, sausage there yes, is yes 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 it's a fucking sausage fest <laughs> oh, wow. oh my god all right boys and girls this is it for this episode next week we are back with the second part with hyrule war we're gonna talk about super trash bros we're gonna talk about his new label we're gonna talk about collaboration about the business about favorite countries to play in and a lot of other interesting and funny stuff before we wrap it up make sure you follow this podcast is available as video on youtube and as an audio version on all the podcast streaming platforms like apple Podcasts, spotify Google podcast, whatever it is, it's everywhere. So definitely make sure you follow. Definitely make sure you spread the word. And if you can't wait till next week, I can recommend you to check out the interviews with DJ Mutante and also with Digital Violence. Both amazing French core DJ, French core artists with different ways, different backgrounds. So if you can't wait and you haven't already, check them out. Thanks for tuning in. I see you next week. Bye bye.